0: Was that weird? (laughs) Oh, that was different. (laughs) You want to know why it was weird? It's weird because somewhere, someone, probably some man, came up with that terminology to describe us, women. That we are nothing but lips, hips, and fingertips. And don't you know that that gets old and annoying after a while? You you realize that we're we're not we're not just something to look at. We're not just something to stand nicely by, and not something for you to you know enjoy. We are actually women that have feelings, emotional, em, em, emotional, emotional breakdowns. <laughs> we're women that have emotions. We have needs. We have desires. We have dreams. We have thoughts. Most women are highly intelligent. We we can multitask. Can I get an amen? We can figure things out. We are problem solvers. Amen. All kind of crazy can happen. For instance, on Sunday, pastor is preaching. I'm enjoying the word of God. I get a text from my son Isaac who says his car just broke down. And right away, I knew he was on the freeway going to Mesa. So I get up and very nicely and quietly walked out, go to the back, called my son. Where are you? Right, moms? Your car's broken down. Where are you? Oh, I'm safe. Don't worry. Okay, FaceTime me and show me where you are because we have different definitions of safe, right? So I FaceTime him, I see where he is. Okay, he's pulled over on the side of the road. The blessing is he said when he was on the freeway, he heard something tell him, get off the freeway, and the moment he did, his car broke down. Can someone say, thank you, Holy Ghost? Come on, that's a real thing. So he calls and I'm on the phone with him and I'm trying to figure out, okay, he has a baseball game in 10 minutes. He's two miles away from the baseball field. So I remember I met him on the day before, got her card, called her, asked if she can come pick up my boy. Then I got my assistant to call AAA to get the car towed. The car gets taken care of. Isaac has a baseball game. And I sat right on down and enjoyed the word. Okay, women are problem solvers and that's a blessing. So so I think that my whole premise, my whole point tonight to start this is that our ministry is bold and beautiful. I think it's important that we are bold, meaning that we are courageous, we are strong, that we're not afraid to fight a devil. Come on. We're not afraid to pray. We're not afraid to take new chances, new adventures. We're not afraid to kind of make hard decisions. We are strong, and we're courageous, and we know that God has got our back. We boldly go to Jesus to worship, and we boldly go to Jesus for forgiveness, and we boldly go and say, Father, I am yours. You are mine. I am your daughter. You are my daddy. Come on. You have to be bold to have that type of relationship. But not only are we bold, we are beautiful. God created us to be beautiful women. Look around. Everybody is gorgeous, and I love that. We are just beautiful, and we've got it going on, and that's awesome. But you understand, if you don't really appreciate who you are on the inside, you will devalue and use yourself up on the outside. And I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to be women that think that our only value is what people can see and how people see it and how we're perceived. You realize that because man has per- have images over and over again of women women looking this and women eating a burger and women sucking the drink and all like all kinds of women doing weird stuff i'm like is this a food commercial or is this porn i don't know what this is but but but, but they but they devalue us as just beings objects and so we, of course, watching these images, begin to compare ourselves to these people. And we don't look like these people. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at the people on TV and I feel quite plump. Amen. And, 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 and you, start to, you start to down yourself, whether you know it or not, because there is a standard the world has put up that we are supposed to live by, and these rules, these crazy imaginary rules, and then you start feeling bad about yourself. And when you feel bad about yourself, you don't like other people. And when you don't like other people, you make enemies with people that you don't even know. And now there's division in the house. And then people don't like each other. And now we're taking other people's husbands. Because we don't love one another. Doesn't the Word of God tell us that we're to love one another? But if I'm jealous of you and I'm, I'm, I think you're after me or I think you think you're better than me or who does she think she is and all that kind of spirit that tries to creep up in women's life, we will never be united and never be able to be a united front of sane, stable women. So it is, it's it's a phrase, lips, hips, fingertips, this invisible pressure. And the thing about it is this treatment's been going on for years, thousands and thousands of years. Um, Let me give you a biblical example of lips, hips, and fingertips. It's found in 2 Samuel 11 and 2. 2 Samuel 11 and 2, and I'm preaching this whole message from the NIV version. So just you can take notes, uh, NIV, 2 Samuel 11 and 2. It says, one evening, David, now David was king at the time, y'all. He was a mighty king. He was the apple of God's eye. He was a faithful man, a worshiper. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. And those that know the story know that the soldier got the woman, and the woman had to sleep with David because was, he was the king, and she'd be killed, and a lot of drama. Scandal on steroids in this story, okay? But one evening, David got up from his bed, walked around, and, saw, on the roof of the house, and he saw a beautiful woman. Did you guys catch that? One evening, he saw a beautiful woman bathing. One evening, he saw... a. Okay, I, evening means the sun wasn't up. So it was dark. Sound like he saw a silhouette of a woman in a bathtub. One evening, he saw her. Didn't see her face. Didn't see her smile. Didn't, you, come on. He saw something in the moonlight, and he said, I must have her. Now, look at that. Didn't want, didn't have a conversation. Didn't even connect on any sort of social media. Was not a Facebook friend. Did not Instagram each other. None of that. Wasn't even on Tinder. They just saw her in the moonlight and so there it is an example of lips hips and fingertips every woman here do you guys remember your heyday like i'm, I'm older now i'm 43 no i'm 42 i'll be 43 and I, I i you know you remember your heyday you know when you when you when you had it going on remember remember like okay for me like i i would never wear this regular church but it's just women so i'm just wearing it but um i used to wear things like biker shorts and half shirts was anybody in the 90s like me? Remember Hammer Hammer don't hurt him? Come on. I would wear bodysuits with a belt. Because I realized I was in my heyday. You know what a heyday is, right? You know heyday. A heyday. Heyday is when you know you walk by somebody, some man, and he's like, hey. That's the heyday. <laughs> Now, as we get older, uh, older and some of you here right now are in your heyday, that's fine, but now we're your moms. And when our young teenage girls, or our older teenage girls, or our young adults, right, and our, our, our younger ones, when, when we're walking with them and we, a man, we see a man look at them, we say, hey. <laughs> Either way, it's a heyday. It's a heyday. But during the heydays, it's when women realize their ability to get or take or seduce or take advantage or manipulate or control the opposite sex with our body. Is anybody going to be real tonight? That we, we do. We, some of us are single and we still do that. Some of us are older and single and still do that. Some of you are older, older, older and single and still do that. Because we understand that there's power in how we look and what we look like and physical appearances though, they diminish, don't they? Physical appearances diminish. What was up must come down. This is a new stage for me, people of God. I I used to have little volcano mountains and now it's just like hot lava, just going down the sides. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with our natural progression of life. That's what happens, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But if we pay too much attention to it, we as a woman can feel devalued and not loved and not accepted. And you realize it's all tied up in how we see ourselves as men and women of God. We are more than just lips, hips, and fingertips. We are mighty women of God. We are bold women of God. We are bold. In in Esther 1, uh, chapter 1, 9 through 15, you meet a woman named Queen Vashti. And Queen Vashti was a beautiful woman married to a king. And uh, I'm not going to read it all, but basically what happened was uh, they're having a seven-day party. The king's having a seven-day party. It's amazing. Now, we thought we were bad. We had one-day parties. But back in the Bible, they had like a week party. What's that? It's like spring break all the time for the king. And so it's their spring break, and the king gets his beautiful queen wife and has her come downstairs because he wants to show her off to all of his homies, right? You know, this is the man. It's a trophy wife. It's a trophy wife. And so he asked her to come down with a crown on. Now, some scholars say that that actually meant all she had was a crown on. And he wanted these men to look upon his wife and to look at what he has because men seem to value, if you look good, they think, oh, I got something going on. Or, oh, man, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Like they're bragging about what that, like he's earned something, right? <laughs> and so here it is. She refused. This particular day, she refused. And I wondered to myself, why did she refused to come downstairs what was going on in her mind that said no you're not going to take advantage of me because it wasn't like it was uncommon and it wasn't like it wasn't something that hadn't happened before but she says no no not tonight you're not about to take me and show me in front of all your drunken friends and have them look at me and that's all I'm worth you don't want me to talk you don't want me to give a speech you don't want me to do anything but just to stand there and look like Miss Universe you want me to look like Miss Columbia oops Miss Philippines And the word of the Lord says, the the king became furious and burned with anger, but something in that woman allowed boldness to come forth. And the boldness is what said, no, you're not going to use me like you normally use me. I believe there's women of God here tonight that know exactly what I'm talking about, that they were in a situation where they were with the wrong person that treated them the wrong way, and you realize that, wait a minute, you're not going to continue to devalue me like this. You're not going to take advantage of me. There's more to me than how I look. There's more to me than what money I can give you. That takes boldness bold means that it is somebody that has the ability to take risks to be confident and to be courageous and you realize only God in you can make you feel that type of confidence only God in you can make you have you give you that kind of courage to where you realize that there's more to me than what you see there is a spiritual powerful God that lives on the inside of me and you're not going to put me down anymore you're not going to make me feel less than and I'm more than a body and I'm more than a booty, can I get an amen? I am a woman of God raised up with power, and I've got the ability to be successful. I believe she got sick and tired of being just lips, hips, and fingertips. And you know, women of God, listen, I, I'm all about being beautiful. I, I love being a woman, I like dressing up, I like wearing lipstick, I like where I love being a woman, it's fun. I like to go in a clothing store and just get excited. Do you guys get that little bubble in your stomach? Like, there's clothes. (laughs) Or wait, shoes. It is a spiritual gladness when you walk into a shoe sale and you're like, my God. And I told my husband, oh, shoes, don't you feel? He's like, no. I'm, I'm like, you're missing out on this feeling. It's glorious. I love being a woman, but there's purpose in every part of us, woman of God. There's purpose in there. Every... Let me let me start with this. There's purpose in your lips. Amen. There's purpose in your lips. This is my first point. Tell your neighbor there's purpose in your lips. There's purpose. Proverbs 13 and 2 says this: from the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things. Right? From the fruit of your lips, people enjoy good things. Do you realize the fruit of your lips are good words? Good words coming from your lips bring good results. And woman, if you're like me, you are a talker. Praise the Lord. And you talk probably when you shouldn't talk. And you wake up talking. And you go to lunch talking. And you go to bed talking. And it's just what we do. We like to communicate. Can I get an amen somebody? We are talkers. We like to move our lips. Praise him. We enjoy it. We don't like not talking. If we're really mad at you, we won't talk. Your punishment is you can't hear me talk. Boom. But we are talkers. We're talkers. But what are we talking about? Because the word is clear that the fruit of our lips, we enjoy good things. And I'm telling you, if you're in a season in your life where things are not that great and you're struggling, I wonder what you're saying. I wonder what you're talking about, and I wonder who you're talking to. Because I'm telling you, we actually produce what we say. It is not any type of secret or any type of paganistic belief. It is the word of God. We serve a God that spoke light, and there was. He spoke, he spoke land and there was, he spoke and there was, there's a little part of God in us that had the same ability to speak and it is. So we enjoy good things. So, so good word brings good results and our words are constantly producing. That's why when we say the wrong things, you should take time out and say, Oh, I take that back. Lord, I just reverse that in Jesus' name because I'm not gonna be broke all the days of my life. I'm not gonna be single all the days of my life. I'm not gonna have no one on my side. I'm not gonna be in this apartment every day. The kids are not gonna always get on my nerves. I love my children. My children are a blessing. They're gonna be better than me, praise the Lord and I love my job. My job is a blessing. Can't stand the supervisor, but I thank God for my job, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And my apartment is wonderful. In fact, I have the cleanest apartment up in here. Can I get a hallelujah? And then when you start to say good things, good results come in your life. Proverbs 18 and 20 say, from the fruits of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled, and with the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. In Proverbs eighteen twenty. from the fruit of their mouth, A person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. Remember I said your lips are always producing? Every time you say something, you got to look out for that harvest because there are seeds that are falling from our lips, woman of God. Now, we have the ability to create. We absolutely do. And what we create, what we say, when we say it, we will see it. I'm a living example of it. The example is the man you see here every Sunday in this church This was a man that did not serve God, did not love God, wanted nothing to do with God. But I kept on saying, you will be a preacher one day. You will be a preacher one day. You will be a preacher one day. And then he used to tell me he hated me. He couldn't stand me. He wished he'd never married me. And I said, well, you will love me one day. You will love me one day. Now, this was Holy Ghost led. It was not Kelly at all. Believe me. If it was Kelly, I would have been being ministered to by Darla in the prison. Hallelujah. I would have said, oh, Miss Darling, when you coming back? (laughs) Can I get some money up my books? (laughs) But the Holy Spirit in me led me during that season and had to treat it. So I would speak, I would speak life. I would produce a harvest. I produce a harvest. And now guess what? The harvest is we've got a great man of God that loves his wife, loves his children, loves his church. (laughs) Praise God. But here's the key. It produced a harvest. Not only does he love his church, he's pastoring a whole bunch of people. He's got a lot of responsibilities. He's traveling all the time. I hardly see him. When I do see him, i got to make sure that the conversation is cool and light because I'm not trying to mess up the atmosphere. He might be getting revelation from the Lord. I'm like, listen, can you shut Jesus down for a second? Just talk to me? I mean, you know, can you just stop praying? Can you put your Bible down? I mean, what about me? See, we, we have to be careful when we want to things to produce because we might not like the work of the harvest. And some of you are here right now that you spoke the thing into existence, you called it in the atmosphere, God gave it to you, and you're complaining because harvest equals work. Oh, that's a good word. So let me, amen, woman of God, let me switch it around for you. Instead of being mad about the work, thank God that you gave me the harvest. Thank God that I'm pulling, and I'm pulling in what I spoke in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that everything I spoke has come to pass. I'm not going to complain anymore, God. I'm going to say, Lord, thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for what you've allowed me to accomplish. Thank you, God, for the harvest. Our lips produce a harvest. Next time you're mad about what you called in, you better remind yourself, I I produced that. And I'm going to be thankful for it. Amen. Anybody ever try a new lipstick that they have these new lipsticks that are, it's not a lipstick, it's a stain. Have you tried those? Like, have you tried it and not knew it? And you thought it was like a lip gloss until 12 hours later you realized you had strawberry fusion all on your lips. And it was crumbly and crusty, and no matter what you did, you couldn't get it off, right? You tried everything. You tried every single thing, scrubbing, 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 trying to get this lip stain off your lips. It's just like, what is this, you know? Um, But let me say this. Psalm 34 and 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times, which means I will praise him or I will lift him up at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. And when I thought about this scripture, I thought about the lip stain, and this is what I'm gonna tell you, men of God your praise should be stained on your lips. Oh, come on. Your praise should be a stain on your lips. No matter what the enemy tries to do to you, it cannot be removed. No matter what the enemy says to you, it cannot be removed. No matter what you're going through, it cannot be removed. You don't even want to do it, but you have to because the praise cannot be removed. That's why you might be here right now and you don't even know why you feel happy. You know what's going on in your life, but you can't stop praising God because it has been stained. The praise has been stained on your lips. Come on, woman of God. It's stuck there. It is permanent. You can't get it off. The devil can't scrub it off. He can't wash it off. He can't move it off because his praise is stained and it's a good stain. Amen. So that's the purpose of your lips. There's purpose in your lips. You know, there's also purpose in your hips. Hey, You know, it's amazing to me. Remember that song came out, uh, Sir Mix-A-Lot? <laughs> Remember? Remember? It was new then. Remember? Okay. Y'all, that, that was a new thing. We didn't know we liked those and could not lie. We thought we just were born with them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so way back in the day, that was like a new thing. I didn't know it was going to be the end thing. Thank you, woman of God. We didn't know. I wouldn't have worked so hard trying to get rid of it. it. It didn't go anywhere, as you can all see. So anyways, um, but, but the hips, 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 that's the main thing. People like, you know, hips, right? You got your hips. Praise the Lord. Hips can do anything. They can rock back and forth from side to side. Some people call it twerking. You know, I thought about it. If you're single and your boyfriend... Want you to twerk, you need to be like, well, you need to go twerk. You need to go to work. <laughs> Are you twerking? Get up and go to work. <laughs> I'm just full of jokes. We can do a lot of things with our hips, but there's purpose in your hips, woman of God, for more than you just to shake and shimmy and all that okay the purpose of your hips is to simply help you walk run and stand that's all it is now i know the outer portion some have little some have a lot we don't know how that happened but whatever but you know what it says this it you walks it helps you run it helps you stand walking psalm 56 and 13 says for you have delivered me from death anybody want to be real tonight and know that god delivered you from death No, I'm serious. We should give God a hand praise just for that. For you have delivered me from death. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You've delivered me from death. And my feet from stumbling, I don't trip up anymore, that I may walk before God in the light. That's why we're delivered. If you've been delivered, like you all cl- clapped right now, you've been delivered so you can walk before God in the light. That you can have a great, good God life. That's the reason why he saved us all. Um, Psalm 84 and says, For the Lord is a sun and a shield, and the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless. No good thing does he withhold? If you are like me tonight and you've been praying for things that happen in your life and you don't know why it's being held up, if you are trying to give a perfect effort, you are trying with all your might to continue to walk blameless, no good thing will he withhold from you. In fact, you should say that leaving today. God, thank you that you're releasing what I need in my life because your word says you're not going to hold it from me. See, God wants to bless you. He wants you to have abundance. He wants to rain on you. He's not holding back. He wants to give. We're walking blameless. Psalm 119 and 45 says, I will walk about in freedom for I've sought out your presets or your rules or your laws. I will walk about in freedom. Man, doesn't it feel good to be free tonight? Now, if you're not free, you're going to get free before the night is over. But I'm telling you, it just feels good to be free. It feels good to be free from bondage and from anxiety and from all kinds of weird thoughts and from all kinds of insecurity. I, I, I'm speaking for myself, and you can applaud too. It feels good tonight that I can look at every woman in here and absolutely love you and not want nothing from you and don't think you have no weird uh, plan against me. I know that you're former, You're my sister in Christ. Hey, that, that is a deliverance that happened, and it's freedom. And now the enemy wants us to be back bound again, but no, we're going to be free tonight. Amen. Psalm 128 and 1 says this, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. If you're obedient, guess what? You are going to be blessed. And here it is, Psalm 138 and 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. Walking in the midst of trouble. Walking in the midst of trouble. Let me tell you this story. I, I, I was going to church loving God, living for Jesus, but I lived with pastors still not married. Amen. We were shacking. They don't use that in church anymore. Remember? Y'all shacking. Shacking. We were shacking, we, we, and we would go to church every Sunday, still shacking, praise the Lord. And, well, yes, give praise at all times. And, and, and the word would convict, and it would hurt my heart, and I promise you I would try to stay away from him for at least a day. <laughs> but when you're living with somebody, it's hard. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Thank you for being honest, women of God. Now, the only reason I'm sharing with this with you, there are some women here today that are in the same predicament, that they come to church, they love Jesus, they love the Lord, but they are living with their boyfriend. And, 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 you know, they haven't gotten married yet. Now, I had one baby, and I was like, you know, pushing the issue we should get married. Pregnant second time, you're going to marry me because you're not going to embarrass me. Just can I be real? I'm not going to be embarrassed. Amen. So, so if you've been living with somebody for like a long time, it, this may be the year to say, okay, it's been nine years, and you should probably just make a decision. You know, um, we got five kids, a house, a pool, and a dog. So we should just take advantage of our government benefits, claim everybody on taxes, because <laughs> you get a tax break, praise the Lord. But, but no, but see, But see. listen, I walked in the midst of trouble. That was me, going to church, living an ungodly life, um, because I was living in sin, meaning that I would try to do good for a day, or two, or three, maybe, but then I definitely would fall, and it's his fault. And so I can remember... <laughs> I can remember being afraid to walk at night because I promise you I'd see little demons chasing me and I would see little thi- No, really, because it messes with your mind, right? And you start to hear voices, and it's the voice of the Lord trying to say, you know, but, but, you, but you think it's the enemy because you, it's just a spiritual, you know, you feel like you're under attack, but really you're not. But I, I, remember, I remember feeling that way. But even though I walked in that, I walked in that, he preserved my life. He didn't throw me away. He didn't throw me in the fire. He didn't burn me down like the preacher said he would. That lightning was going to come strike us. That didn't happen. Thank you, God. So if you're walking in the midst of trouble, thank God he preserves your life. Our hips are for running. Running, okay? Our Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run in and are safe. Listen to this. His name is a tower. Not a physical tower. His name is a tower. That's why you can say the name of Jesus. And you feel something come in the atmosphere. When you say the name of Jesus, you feel covered. When you say the name of Jesus, there's a shelter that comes along. Just say it. Say it right now. Just say Jesus. Come on. You feel like something is protecting you around you, surround. It's because His name is a strong tower, and it keeps you safe. And we can run in it, and we're right there. Amen. Psalm 119.32, I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. The more you know about God, you don't walk anymore, but you run because you get it. You understand it. And Hebrews 12.1, it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked for us. Women of God, this should be our goal this year, that we are going to throw off everything that hinders us. Everything that so easily entangles us. I don't understand this, but any of you have an iPhone cord? You can put it in your purse. And I promise you, a magical elf gets in there and ties it in about 45 knots. It's easily entangled. We don't know how it happens. It just kind of happens, and that's some of us. We don't know how it happens. It just kind of happened. And before you know it, we're entangled back with people we should not be with, back in situations we should not be with, back with relationships we should not be with, back with the man that God told you stay away from him. He's no good, but because there's an ungodly soul tie, you don't know how to let it go. Easily entangles us. And it's so easy, but let us run. If you're entangled, you can't run. I'm gonna say that again. If you're entangled, you can't run. Our hips were made for running, not for doing other things with. I'm being so good tonight. Here, another scripture, another scripture. Our, hi- our, our hips were made to stand. Psalm 40:2 says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And I love the scripture, woman of God, because it speaks to me of stability. And if you're a woman here tonight, we want stability. That's all we want is stability. Come on, if we're broke this season, let it be a stable broke. I'm serious. Come on, I mean, just keep the, keep, keep the, keep the electric on. Just let me have lights. Let it be stable. We, we, we need stability. We can be in a shack, we can be in a mansion. Just give me stability. Let me know what I'm re- working with. No more surprises. You know, if, if we're not gonna make the car note, tell me so I can keep the car in the garage. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is you do. <laughs> I remember those days. Just just <laughs> just keep me stable. And, and that's because when we were here on the earth, Adam had already named it. it was na- everything was named and claimed. The animals were We just showed up on the garden. It was already forced. That's why women love that. We like things just to be ready, steady, eddy. right? We just, we just want stability. But God's the one that puts us on a firm place. How about this one? Proverbs 10 and 25. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. That's a word for somebody in this house. If you're in the middle of a storm right now, the storm is going to pass by. But because of righteousness, his righteousness on the inside of you, you're going to stand. Everyone else will fall away, but you'll still stand. Some of you right now are still standing. You can't even believe you made it to 2016 because the devil told you you weren't going to make it and that you were going to crumble, but somehow, way, you're still standing. Not only are you standing at home, you are standing in the house of the Lord. You are standing for everyone else to see that the storm didn't take you out. The flood didn't take you out. The snow didn't take you out. You are still standing. Come on, give our righteous God a hand praise for that. It wasn't you, it wasn't you, it was Jesus, the hope of glory inside of you. That said, daughter, don't you sit down. Don't you fall down. Daughter, just keep your knees locked and stand still. Just stand still. Don't move. Don't be disturbed. Stand. Stand. And I promise I will let the storm pass by. Proverbs 12 and 7 says, the wicked are overthrown and no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. And I love that because the church, the church will always stand firm. All kinds of calamity can happen up in here, but the church will stand firm because the church was built on Jesus and he is the rock and it cannot be moved. Come on. The church cannot and will not be moved. First Corinthians 15 and 58, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and let nothing move you. Don't let anything move you. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. I was getting ready for church tonight, having a good old time with the Lord, just having fun. You know, you can really do that, woman of God. You can have a good time with the Lord. Just talk to him and sing to him and just have all kinds of conversations. You're not talking to yourself. You're talking to him. He may not be answering back, but you're talking to him. He hears. His ears is not heavy. Praise the Lord. I'm having a good time, just putting my makeup on, just like, you know, God is good and getting ready for it tonight. And I hear someone sneeze in my house. Now, of course you think, hmm, okay. And then I thought it was someone that I know and love. Maybe she was in my house. So I called her name. Hello, are you here? And I heard nothing. So I'm like, all right, okay. All right, God is good. Praise the name. Then I hear something shatter downstairs and downstairs, like something's falling, like a pan or something. It's falling, and I'm like, someone's in my house. So I went and got our bat, praise the Lord. And so, and, and I call Isaiah, okay? Now pastor's out of town, I'm by myself, no one's in the house, no TV, no nothing. And I hear this, and I'm like, okay. So I call Isaiah, and I say, Isaiah, someone's in my house. So now I'm yelling, who's in my house? Who's in my house? I'm yelling, who is in my house? I'm yelling and yelling and yelling. Now mind you, sugar is just chilling on the floor. Now, anybody that knows my dog, if, if you just come visit, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, she goes crazy, but she's just hanging out looking at me. So I got my bat, I got the phone, and I, and I have half my makeup done. I have my shoes in my hand, my computer. I got, you know, it, it, whatever. I'm about to, if, if it's going down, it's going to be a fight. <laughs> Y'all are going to know some woman fought today in the news, whatever. It's going to be a fight. And so I'm like who's my and so I'm I'm like okay so I'm 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 getting really nervous so then I hear it again I hear another noise again so I said Isaiah someone is in my house and so Isaiah says mom call 911 and I said I can't cuz I got to go to church <laughs> Stand firm do not be moved <laughs> So I'm literally thinking about y'all, and I'm like, I know it's going to take forever, and so I can't, so I I go downstairs, go to my neighbor, get my neighbor, have him in the house. I'm getting all my stuff together so I can get ready for church. But my point is this. Any other time, I would have been flipping out in a closet, on the phone, stammering, waiting for the police that take forever to get there. I would have been late for you all, but I'm like, no, I'm on assignment, and I understand what this is. Now, Now, was there anybody in my house? I don't know. Probably not. We don't know doesn't matter we'll find out later the kid said mom what if they sell my stuff I go what about your mom (laughs) but to me stand let nothing move you see you have to understand when you know you're on assignment from God and you know God has given you something to say I'm like okay Okay, devil, that might have been just you messing with me. Praise the Lord. That that was just the enemy trying to make me freak out because I'm by myself. Pastor's not here. I'm alone in this big old house. But the devil is a lie. I'm not going to let anything stop me from moving forward with the things of God. I'm not going to be afraid. How am I going to preach on boldness? And I'm scared. So I just shook myself. Literally, I was shaking. Got in my car and called Pastor mad because he wasn't here. And Pastor's so great, he said, oh, well, but sugar barking? I said, well, no. And he goes, okay, so you heard a sneeze, huh? I was like, bye. All right. <laughs> but nothing moved. Now, someone will be taking a tour of my house when I get home, though, praise the Lord. But I can't, kid- see, one minute, God, listen, don't you let anything get you off assignment. Now, that I gave you was an extreme example. Please, if you're home by yourself, do the right thing. Be late for church. Call the police. Get out, okay? But but you know what I'm talking about. The the enemy can allow things to happen and cause things to happen. I don't believe in ghosts, praise the Lord, but I am going to plead the blood of Jesus through my house because I've been gone for two days. And so I said, who weird has been in my house? (laughs) See, that's a mama thing. See, when I get home, I will have, after the officer leaves, I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus all through that house. Because you don't know. I don't know. I'm going to find out, though. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, So listen. Purpose of your fingertips, your hands. Psalm 134 and 2, it says this, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Do you realize that that's a command in the Bible? And when we're here worshiping God, that's what we're doing. We're not doing it to be weird or strange. But the word says to lift up your hands and praise the Lord. In fact, right now, I want you all to stand up and lift up your hands. And we're going to praise the Lord just real quick. Yeah, see, now if you're used to it, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Now, I should hear you. Wait, wait. No, your hands, I should hear you. Lift up your hands. Pray. I should hear you. Come on. Come on, God, you're good. Come on, he's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a strong God. He's a protector. He's a provider. I praise you, Lord. Come on, don't stop. I praise you, God. You deserve all the glory, Jesus. All the glory, Jesus. Okay, have a seat. I did that for a reason. Lift your hands in the sanctuary lift your hands in your house lift your hands in your car when you're not driving praise the Lord lift your hands anybody done that before you're just worshiping God and you get so in the spirit you forgot you're driving a vehicle (laughs) oh my gosh I've done that several times like "Oh, oh, oh Jesus lift your hands and praise the Lord there's strength when you do it And when you're going through a hard time, when you lift your hands, you're saying, I surrender this problem to you. How about this? I'm taking my hands off the problem, and I'm putting my hands up to you, Jesus. I tried to fix him. I tried to fix her, but I cannot do it. So I take my hands off, and I surrender to you, and I praise your name. Psalm 90:17 says, "May the favor of the Lord of our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Woman of God, I just decree to you right now that everything you touch will prosper. Everything you touch will prosper. Everything you touch will prosper. Every person you touch will prosper. Every car you touch will prosper. Every woman, man, your child, your child will prosper in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Establish my hands, oh God, touch it and it will prosper. And here's my favorite, Proverbs 14 and 1, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears down. Man, I hate that scripture, but it's a true one, isn't it? You notice they never talk about the men doing that, Right? Oh, I can wait to ask Jesus about this stuff. But it's about the women, the women, the women, the women. A wise woman builds her house, builds with her hands. You're building, you're building. But a foolish woman tears it down. How can you tear your, hands, tear your, down, tear, tear your house down with your hands, Pastor Kelly? Our house aren't, are not made of straw or hay anymore. Our house are made of bricks and of cinder blocks. And how can we tear down our house? It's impossible. Okay, but well, we use our hands to write checks, to buy things we can't afford. Our hands get our debit card and slide on things that we know we're not supposed to. You know the bills do. You know, I I know just because it's 75% off does not mean it was the Lord. I've had this talk with myself many times. We're responsible, women of God. Our hands. (laughs) That spoke to somebody over here. I just, deliverance. Amen. You know, you know, our hands, we tear down the things we say, how we point when we're talking, going off and catching the butterflies. <laughs> we tear down with our hands. Some of us hit people. Some of us here throw things. Oh, thank God there's no cameras in the house. When you get mad, you break stuff. That was me. I'd get mad. I'd break every dish in the house, all six of them. And then be mad because I had nothing to drink out of. So you get your hand and just scoop. No. <laughs> tearing up pictures, tearing up memories, throwing things, slamming doors. Our hands. Our hands. We're not, we're not supposed to do that, woman of God. We should make our hands peaceful, our homes peaceful and loving. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much you don't have. It should be a loving environment. It, it should be a calm environment. Our hands. Stop slamming doors, woman of God. No one needs to know, or slamming the cabinets, come on. In the kitchen, just mad. The food won't even taste good. You're just slamming pots and pans. Put no love in the food. No one needs to know you're upset. You realize it's a spirit of intimidation, right? You're you're, you're training people to not mess with you or you're going to slam things, tearing your house down. But a wise one builds it up, builds it up. So our lips, our hips, and fingertips have a purpose. There's purpose all in there. Did I show you all the purposes? That the next time you think, oh, my my lips, my hips, my fingertips, you're going to remember these scriptures, right? That there's something attached to it. And so here's the truth. The truth is God created us all in his image and in his likeness. He has fearfully and wonderfully created us. He has made us all beautiful. But you will never be bold until you know that you are beautiful. And you'll never feel beautiful until you know you're loved. And this is really what I want to get to tonight, that everything I preach and everything I said doesn't really matter to me, except for I know Jesus loves me. And I'm not talking about the love that is a cliche. I'm talking about the true love that I know that when I wake up, my father is happy that I'm here. I know when I make my way to church that my daddy is glad that I'm here. I know that if my husband may not treat me right or my kids are not getting on my, well, they're not getting on my nerves. See, I'm speaking life. My kids are getting on my nerves. I know that Jesus loves me. Some of you here right now are in bad marriages. It's just not a good marriage. You know you're not loved in the marriage. It's just a bad time. Let me tell you this. It will pass in Jesus' name. And I believe if you get the right help and the right counseling, talk to somebody, keep on coming to church, get the word. You know, things can shift. But it's just a bad, sad marriage. Do you know that Jesus cares? That that he really, really cares. He knows how he treats you. Mm. He knows what he says to you. He knows how He makes you feel less than, but there's a Jesus that thinks you are amazing. There's a Jesus that thinks you are perfect. There's a Jesus that likes every part of you. He likes your flaws. He likes the way you talk. He even likes the way you praise. Maybe you're here right now, and you're like, okay, I, I don't feel loved because I was hurt from a family member, violated. And this is a serious thing. Molestation is horrible. We're all women tonight, one in three, one in three girls, which means one in three women have been molested. Now, because we're women, we can talk about this, right? How sad it is to trust someone, and they violate that trust. How, how does that mess your mind up? How do you feel worthy? How do you feel, how do you feel worthy of any type of normal type of love? Maybe tonight's the night you get healed up from that. And, and that's okay. Maybe tonight's the night that, I, okay, God, I understand. I'm not lips, hips, and fingertips, but I behave that way because I think that all my value is is how I look. But no, 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 not tonight. Tonight it's going to be broken in Jesus' name. Maybe you look in the mirror and you absolutely hate what you see. You, you, you hate what you've become you don't know this but you hate what God created and this is why it gets a little touchy you have to love what God created you gotta, gotta love what he did with you you might not be the size you want to be but don't look at yourself and tell yourself that you're disgusting and I hate you and I can't stand you and then you, you start wearing all kinds of big giant clothes because you hate how you look And you stop talking to people. You don't want to interact with anybody. Do you realize that if the enemy can make you feel less than, it literally stops you from building relationships. And we need relationships. We need each other. So as the lights go down real low, this is our moment. This is our time. That I want you all to look within your life. And if you're good, praise the Lord. Praise God for it. But this is women only. suicide is stopped in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. You are important. You need to be here. We need you here. Your kids need you here. Death is not an option. You will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord in the name of Jesus. So, Father, right now, we come to you. You know every detail of our lives. You know our fears, our failures. You know the mistakes we've made. And, Father, right now, we just ask that you help us help us to see ourselves as you see us that violation we felt god we ask that you remove it in jesus name that you just set us free tonight god remove the memory in the name of jesus someone here had an abortion and they can't stop thinking about it and they do good for a little while but that memory comes back and the enemy is tormenting that we just rebuke that torment in jesus name It is under the blood. Jesus has forgiven you. He does not remember any detail of that moment. And Father, I just thank you as we, your women, cry out to you. And we say we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. that here there's some people here that are crying and tears are good I'm gonna put a call out maybe you don't know Jesus Christ maybe you're backslidden this is the perfect time the perfect environment for you to say today's the day I need to give my life back to Jesus or I need to rededicate my life and let me tell you I don't care if you're a leader in this house if you feel you've been far from God please don't let that keep you in your seat because you are a leader I always put that out there because I remember how that was sitting there, knowing I was backslidden but couldn't go because I'm the deacon's wife. We don't do that at kingdom, right? So if you need Jesus.